Welcome to the Healing Business Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Boulay, aka The Abundant Healer. I'm here to support the healers of the world, the coaches, the authors, the spiritual entrepreneurs, the spiritual teachers and mentors. I'm here to help you elevate your message, reach more people and receive abundantly in return. In this podcast, you can expect to receive wisdom, resources, meditations, and interviews that will help you gain inspiration, creativity, to really elevate the impact you have and how you can step into that receivership and power for the services you offer. I look forward to hearing how you find this episode, so please feel free to reach out, give feedback, and share on social media or with your friends and family. And don't forget to hit subscribe. I look forward to hearing from you on the other side. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healing Business Podcast. Thank you for joining. Thank you for tuning in. And today I have the gorgeous Maria with me. And I'll tell you what, can I pass over to you to introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much, Holly. Yes, my name's Maria, Maria Allen from Maria Allen Dash Maker Space. I'm an energy healer of people and spaces. Um, so I do energy healing, house healing. I'm a well-being coach. I'm also a meditation teacher and I run workshops and online courses and retreats. So I do a mixture of things. I love that. And it's funny, isn't it? Once we enter into the healing world, how we can find um, the things we want to offer just expand over and over and over again. And there's so much more we want to offer. But I was super intrigued. And I also do colour healing. I forgot that. (laughs) Oh, I'm colour healing. Oh, okay. We're going to have to dive into all of this then. (laughs) But... um. Actually, no, let's take a step back first of all. I would love to know, initially, what brought you into this world? What brought you into the world of healing? How did you get here? So about 30 years ago, about that, maybe a little bit longer now, um, my grandfather had passed away to spirit. I'd always been very spiritual as a child, always been quite clairsentient. I could pick up people's feelings and, you know, physical conditions in me. Quite normal for me, could see auras as a child. So after that, I was sort of right. um, I think I was prompted by who I call upstairs. And um, I thought, right, I'm going to go along to a spiritualist church just to find out a bit more because I was extremely close to my grandfather. So I went along um, to a spiritualist church um, and I I was taught healing there. I was also then invited to sit a closed circle to develop my mediumship, if you like, my intuitive skills. Um, And, yeah, it, it went from there, really. And um, and then I my career went along the pathway. Well, 
I'd, I had some spare time when I was younger and I had a, um, I went along to a volunteer bureau and she, for some reason, saw something in me, which I certainly didn't see at the time because I was going off to be a physical training instructor in the army. And um, she um, said, oh, I've got just a role for you, Maria. And there was a little boy had Down syndrome and I was supposed to be taken over from this psychology student. I was like, oh, my goodness, you know. There I was, this, the comprehensive girl, you know, hadn't got my qualification as a psychodynamic therapist then, but I was, you know, and I was like, oh, gosh, okay. And I think really that sums it, me up. All of my whole career, I felt that I've just been thrown in at the deep end. Now, initially, you're a bit like, oh, but actually, when I'm there, I really enjoy a challenge and, you know, I do enjoy it. And so my job, if you like, with this lovely young man was to teach him social skills, um, eating, dressing, um, going to the toilet, you know, all of the skills because his mum wanted him to go to a mainstream school. And when I met her, she looked at me and she was like, and I thought, fair enough. Yep, fair enough. I don't know what I'm doing. We'll see how it goes. However, I was expecting this lady to have done a lot of work with this young man. I don't think too much work had been done. And anyway, we muddled along together. And I suppose it's a form of healing when you work alongside somebody to help them with life skills, um, but also encourage them to have their total independence and free will as well. And um and then that was it, you know, the nursery broken up and, you know, that was it. And then many years later, I was in a bank and there was a lady with some children in front and she turned around and it was the mother of the little boy. He was not so little then. And instead of the frown or the look that she gave me initially, she gave me a hug, which just totally threw me. And he was stood there in his school uniform. And he was in mainstream school. So that, you know, as I said, probably sums up. And in a lot of the roles that I've done at the time when I started, I was sort of always the youngest at the time. And going into working with drugs, alcohol, self-harmers, eating disorders, physical, mental problems from young children right through to the very old as a support worker, and then later to manage big projects. Um, But throughout all of this time, even though you've got to be quite politically correct, I hit a very fine line and it would always be my intuition, my would be my guidance alongside politically correct rules and what you can and can't do. And a lot of the time was very much being with people and absent healing shall we say I guess it just came where it was needed um but not so much hey I'm Maria I do healing you know it was very much it was there it was still part of me and interestingly enough um even though I never talked about it um no matter how unwell some people appear but they're very spiritual and they would pick up on it or just say, oh, you know, you've got a nice energy or a healing energy or, you know, I was like, oh, okay, you know, and I would sort of 
push it to, you know, one side. Anyway, so this went on, you know, quite happy, but I was working away a lot as well. And I miss sort of, you know, being with the family because there's not so much around North Devon. You sort of tend to have to travel a bit further. So unbeknown to me, 2020, just before COVID, but it was perfect timing, hit. So about Christmas time, COVID was what, March, I thought that's it. And I just said to my other half, you know what? I just want to run my own business. And, you know, set it all up and just, and he was really supportive. Now, initially I was doing more of the interior design side of me, the stylizing, which I also use intuitively when I work with people. But I had some free time. So I did some spiritual groups and just sort of really reconnected back to who I am. Or it's like, oh, hi, Maria, there you are, you know the side that just had to be a little bit quieter and um I just found that the healing took over <laughs> and um yeah and I again talk about being thrown in the deep end so I thought well I'm going to go along to one of the fairs the mind body and spirit fairs and take my healing there and I was just doing the energy healing there but also intuitive guided meditations which I do and so it was an outside event with a gazebo you know two little chairs quite cozy but the weather was absolutely horrendous it was absolutely hammering it down with rain and really windy so much so that gazebos were taking off all over the place (laughs) was still coming along to this event and I thought just you know just go with it there might not be anybody turn up but actually quite a few people did they really did anyway I was doing intuitive guided meditation with this lady and I noticed that the gazebo at the front was starting to lift so there I was on my first mind body and spirit holding on to the sides of this gazebo to stop it lifting off And doing an intuitive guided meditation, the thought that came into my mind at that time was, you know what, Maria, don't worry about anything from now on. You're nervous. This is your first one. If you can manage to still carry on doing a, you know, intuitive guided meditation, you're holding the gazebo, the elements are there, but you're still carrying on. Your clients still in with the intuitive guided meditation she's not been affected and it wasn't until she came round and she said oh my goodness she said no I was like (laughs) arms outstretched and I I said I wonder if I could just have a hand she had absolutely no idea that you were you know and I think this is it you know we do get tested we do sort of you know am I going to be good enough will I be okay And I always feel that, and even now, and I think I've always had that nervousness, but I think that's okay. That's okay. I'd rather be a bit more nervous, a bit more humble about it than not. So I always get these nerves, you know, no matter how many times I've done things, when I go to mind, body and spirit fairs, even now, or, you know, I still get those, you know, but it's excited, um, you know, sort of excited butterflies, really. And then once I'm into it, it just settles. Yeah. 
And I think that's a good sign, isn't it? Like you say, for me, I, I still get nervous. And I, you know, if I'm going to do, I'll often do live challenges or live events. And it, I think I'd be worried if I wasn't nervous because that would show to me I've stopped caring. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What a story, though. What what a beautiful story. And I love the twists and turns along the way, as is often the case, right? It is. Um, and, you know, I, I used to visit a spiritualist church many moons ago, like early, early 20s. And I haven't met many people that have experienced that, which is, you know, again, I think that was quite an, a, a turning point early on for me in terms of my spiritual life. Yeah. Um, and certainly gave me a whole new way of viewing it's, spirituality. It's a good teaching place to go to, mm. you know, and you're right. I was definitely one of the youngest people to be, you know, in the, you know, in, in that particular church that time. But you've got all this wisdom and knowledge around you and, you know, and, and you, you know, and seeing the platform, different, many different types of mediumship and coming on doing the platform mediumship from, transfiguration you know uh, to psychic artists to you know you get don't you so i i was fascinated when i was looking at your page around this um and so you know you've got several different elements to this from what i can see but the the elements around the spiritual interior design and um the interior energy healing Tell us a little bit more about that, because that's not something you often, you know, perhaps the energy cleansing or energy healing of the home you see so much, but spiritual interior design, I'd love to know more about that. So when I do this spiritual interior design, again, it's very intuitively done, uh, which is how I tend to work generally, but it's naturally sort of how I am. So I trained as an interior designer. And, and I've also stylized and I also did a lot of that in my projects. So the projects that I was managing, I'd actually, you know, because I recognize that if a space is lovely, um, comfortable for you, is the right environment for you, it's a healing space in itself. Um, so if you like, the consultation is very intuitively done you know, because I'll pick up on, you know, the person or how they're feeling. But it's, you're actually putting that into physical objects, colour, um, light, um, bringing light into a space, say, just by putting mirrors, positioning mirrors, um, maybe diagonally uh, up from, you know, a window or, you know, across. And if you position them, you know, whereas it could be maybe, um, a little bit darker, whatever, they'll um, actually reflect the light around the room. So it's all about maximizing the person's energy within that particular space. And, you know, and that's also for retreats and, you know, holiday homes and things like that as well. So that, yeah, that is the that side. But alongside of that, I also do the house healing, um, which I can do in person and also online. Um with that one, I quite like to do it online as well because you can sort of go in, but even from a distance. So I have to obviously have the person's permission. And it's usually when um the house doesn't feel right. You know, when you walk into a room and you just feel uncomfortable or unsettled, is 
the energy doesn't flow or you can feel quite depressed or down. The actual houses hold, they're like sponges, they hold the energy within the walls and it's the history of the house. It's events and things that have happened there, but it's also your energy as well. So all of that combined and, you know, the older the house, you know, sometimes the more energy is, but not necessarily. You can still get newer houses that hold a lot of energy as well. And, you know, that feeling of, so it's actually when you, instead of just cleansing a room with a piece of sage and going around, which this is like a deep clean, if you like, where you actually go into the fabric of the walls, feel what's happened in the house. The house sort of tells you, you know, what's happened, it's history. And it's really nice for the owners so they know, oh, it's not my imagination, you know. Um, And also if there's a lost spirit around as well, um, you know, and it's basically just saying, look, I'm here to the owner. I need your attention because I need to get my way home, but I don't know how to get out of here. And by doing that, hopefully they'll contact somebody who will be able to assist them and move on. Um, Sometimes it's also the land around the house. Um, You know, if it's sort of on water or sort of energy lines as well. Um, So how I do it is I, if they want the whole house done, obviously I'd have pictures of each room, different angles. So in a way, it's like me walking around the room. I have a picture of the front door. So I've got permission to go in and I take myself out of my body is the best way to describe it. Sometimes I can even feel the fabric of the floor, whether it's wood or underneath my feet as I'm walking through the house. It's very real to me. Um, And, you know, it really helps. Um, I had somebody had a business and there was quite a few flaws to this business um, and they were struggling and there was rooms that were cold. They wouldn't warm up. There were a few lost souls there. Um, but they also had been advertising for um, other therapists, you know, beauty therapists to come along. Um, and they'd, I didn't know until after I'd done the cleanse and the house healing. Um, and it'd been months and they hadn't had a reply. And then after we'd done it, she said she'd had three, three people wanting to, you know, and they noticed the change in the temperature of the room. And, you know, so it's it's. um it's feeling it and how I do it I use my hand just like when I'm healing and then I can pick up and I use what they call a vortex energy so it's like a white if you imagine like um like a hurricane sort of you know that that kind of whirlpool whirlpooly and you know and it just literally goes in so it doesn't sit on the it goes into the fabric so it's a very yeah it's a real deep clean, a real deep cleanse, um, you know, and it will change the whole energy will change. So I do use a little bit of that when I'm I'm doing the interior or the stylizing as well, but not maybe as condensed as I would if I was doing a, a massive house healing, unless they wanted me to do both. But I would do a bit of that to clear any stagnant energy in the space. Yeah. I'm fascinated by this and I think um, 
probably one of the reasons I'm most fascinated. I've lived in a lot of houses. I've lived, you know, I moved around a lot as a kid and then actually as an adult, I probably moved just as much. And, um, but one thing I really experienced when I, we bought a new house a couple of years ago, we're in now. And, you know, I, and I, I'm quite sensitive to energy, always have been. I'm a Reiki master and things like that. But I remember walking in and it was the first place where I thought, wow, the house is sad. That sounds like a, a strange thing to say, but it felt like the house, the physical house itself was sad. Yeah. And I, it's part of my meditation practice one day. I, I sat down and said to the house, which sounds really odd as you talk, as I say that out loud, but it felt very intuitive, like the right thing to do. Yeah, not to me it doesn't, but there you go. <laughs> to many people, I'm sure it sounds a bit balmy, but hey, I'm used to sounding quite balmy. Um, and I just felt really cool to say that I'm so, so sorry you've been treated this way. Like it had been, I think it had been because it had been rented out prior to us buying it and it had been neglected and just not, not loved. That's the only way I could feel. Like yeah. it really felt like it had not been loved. Yeah, And I remember having this conversation with the house saying, I'm so sorry that you've been treated this, this way. We've got you now. We're going to look after you. It's going to be okay. Um, and I remember that feeling like a really lovely experience, kind of like that tuning in with the house and saying, it's right, we've got you. We've yeah. got you now. Yeah. And I also had a, a separate experience in this house where um I kept feeling the energy, the presence of a man mm. in the house. And I you know, it didn't feel nasty or invasive or anything like that. Just this this man, it felt lost. Yeah. Like you say that kind of lost sense, like didn't know what to do with himself. He was just like wondering. Well that's kind of how the energy felt, like wondering. And and it, if I'm honest, at first I overthought the whole thing and thought, "You're making it up. Um, you know, it's just in your head. You've you've seen something and it's in your head." And then we were opening up the fireplaces, and I found a photo of a man, and I was like, "That's the man. That's the man." And it, like my husband's like, "What are you on about?" I was like, "That's the man. It's mainly in our bedroom. That's that's the man." And ever since then, I'd, I've got his photo in my Reiki box and I've been sending him Reiki as part of my practice and and that seems to be that seems to have I don't know if it's allowed him to move on but I certainly haven't been feeling his energy recently the thing is without have like without the work that I've done there's no way I would have done any of those things yeah and it does make me wonder what what energy other people are picking up from their house without even knowing and could be affecting their lives and their relationships. And so what kind of signs would you say to people to look out for around, you know, possible things to think about when it comes to their house, that there might be something that's not quite right or the house is not quite settled? What well, would you advise? It's that feeling of being uncomfortable. That's the best way to put it initially. If you could walk... It could be just one room. It could just be in one room. 
uh, that you walk in and it, it, you don't want to stay in there. You just want to get out of that room. It, it just doesn't feel very nice or the energy is not, doesn't feel so good. It could be the whole house that can feel like that sometimes. Um, it can be a drop of temperature as well, where you find that maybe just one room in the house won't warm up. Again, that can be an indication sometimes of somebody who's a bit lost. Um, things being moved around the house. Um, also feeling tired, lethargic, um, feeling down. As you said, the house was quite sad. Feeling quite depressed as well, which again can come from your surroundings. You are literally in that surrounding. And if you can imagine a house that's maybe seen or had people in it that haven't had very nice times or experienced difficulties, that will still be in there. And that can affect you as well. So there are a number of things where people think, oh, you know, the human side is, well, okay, it's just me. But if they've not felt that before in another house, then it's an indication that it could very well be something to do with the house. And also the land. Don't forget the land that it's actually sat on. The history of the land as well can be a factor. And also when you walk around the land, you could feel things. Some people that are quite sensitive can see things or or feel certain things or feel uncomfortable when there's certain parts of the land or the garden. And again, it may be very well that something that's happened in that particular space where it's still left its residue, if you like, its mark, it's and it comes in a feeling and an emotion when we walk by. Yeah. Fabulous. So what tips then would you have, thinking about that spiritual interior design point of view, if someone's, you know, interested in experiencing a bit more of that spiritual energy into their home or inviting more of that spiritual energy into their home is there any kind of tips or suggestions you could give to our listeners around that what that might look like i mean obviously it's got to reflect you in your personality but i think often people think when they look around a space well that will do actually no the first thing is declutter have nothing, as was said many times, but have nothing in your house that is not beautiful or useful. And and that's William Morrison that said that. So it is about, you know, people think, oh, I don't know where to start. Just start off small. Is it beautiful? Is it useful? No. Give it away to somebody else or to a charity or sell it on Facebook. Get some extra money in for it and make use of that money for something that you would like instead. But get rid of it because having objects or clutter in your space is suffocating the energy. It suffocates your energy then. So you want things that when you look up, like I'm looking up now and I look at my cabinet, things that are you, that you love, um, that are, they could be a gift from somebody who was special in your life, maybe who's no longer here. 
it's something that you've maybe scraped and saved for and you've wanted and you've brought it and it's like a reminder of all your hard work look look at what I've got you know um it could also be some people are quite into their crystals as well um you know they may have crystals around them um color is quite an important one as well um to have you know different colors and the meaning of the colors can quite resonate with your energy as well so that's that's quite a good one to have um Light is very important in your space, as I said. Quite often, if you can fit mirrors and have light in your space, um, that's another that's another good one to have as well. And having the space that you want, um, really want, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be expensive to do it. So I'm used to working in um, projects where it's all about money, always about budgets, you know, so I quite often upcycle, recycle, you know, big pieces of furniture or whatever, and they look amazing and they can look completely different when you've actually finished and and done them. And having things that inspire you, you know, books, people that you admire, um, just having things around you that everywhere you look is a good thing, not Oh my goodness. Oh, there's that pile of magazines. Oh, I saw that another time. Just, just bit by bit. Sort, sort, clear. Once your space is clear, then you can put things in there that you like. Could be a lot of things that you like around you. Could be a few things. Plants is the last thing I would say. Every single room in my house has plants. Um, again, brilliant for the air you know, for our, our breathing, to help us focus, um, to help us, you know, if we're working from home as well, flowers, uh, flowers in every room I have usually, and scent, you know, and if you've got, you know, flowers from the garden, so it's cheaper, bring them in, you know, just something beautiful um, to remind you that you are and your space is. Yeah. I think that's, that's gorgeous and yeah I I mean I'm a big fan of plants and flowers and um and it's one of those things that no matter how little money I had like um in my life I always found the money to buy myself flowers and I didn't wait for anyone to buy them for me I've never waited to be bought flowers people do buy me flowers but you know it's one of those things, right? A beautiful bunch of flowers. To me, it just makes a room. Yeah, it does. I mean, I brought some the other day and they were reduced, ridiculous price from sort of like £12 in the coat to like £2 and they were beautiful roses and lilies. Couldn't resist them for that price. Mm-hmm. So I was up paying for them and this man said, oh, someone's, oh, someone's going to have a, someone's going to have a lovely day, a lucky day. I said, oh, thank you. They're for me. <laughs> and you know those are my favorite flowers lilies and roses i love I've them got, i've got them right in front of me now actually and uh yeah gorgeous and these were the ones oh, let's see if i can get them these were the ones that were two pounds and you wouldn't believe that oh they're stunning 
Yeah. Two grams. What a bargain. So again, yeah. it doesn't have to be. And I always take the stems off of the lilies, take them off yeah. and so that they don't mark mark with them. yellow everywhere. Yeah. Um, but you know, you can, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot. And like, you know, in one of my rooms, I've just got a tiny little vase and I've got roses out the front and I just take them off you know when they start to get a bit big and heavy take it off and I bring it inside and put it in this lovely little vase bring the outside in as well nature's really really important especially when we're surrounded by so much sort of computers and technology and that's the other thing as well. I completely agree in fact it was what I was going to say to you I'd, I notice a big difference when um I have natural materials in my home. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I love wood as opposed to like plastics or yeah. you know any of those kind of like to me, there's nothing more beautiful than natural wood. I just think it's stunning. And I also quite like other little elements. So yeah, not, you know, I love crystals, but also like stones. I've got like stones and things in my home and, and try and have water and the different elements. Do you know what I mean? Elements, and obviously here I've got like a little bit of fire here, you know. And it's sort of like, you know, stones you can pick up, you know, sort of, you know, you know, when you're outside and maybe you've had a nice day, maybe it was given to you by a child or, or somebody and it's that memory. So I've still got one from when my son was really little and I got it on a beach and it is in the shape, it's a tiny little one, but in the shape of a love heart. I still have it and I've it got it in with uh, one of my plants. And the last thing I would say to bring into your space, just as a quick tip, is something that makes you feel cosy. So mm. again, in the front room, we've got the their imitation one so that you can dry them, but sort of sheepskin sort of things sort of over the tops of the sofas. So it's quite nice to put your back on. And then we've got throws, lightweight throws, but they're warm but not heavy and just something that you can just snuggle up with and again just makes you feel cozy and just yeah any time of the year yes I'm all for coziness I love coziness and the odd odd cushion here and there for sure (laughs) do you know the problem I have with cushions now though is is my dog my dog has got a thing for cushions so I'm like having to like remove the cushions off the sofa when I'm not there and then having to put them back because otherwise she'll run off with all my favourite cushions, like these beautiful Indian mandala cushions being, <laughs> you know, a 20 stone dog running around with them. My, uh, my dog does something similar. He goes on the chair and he'll sort of kick all of the throws off, the cushion off and, you know, and then he'll scatter it around the floor and then just have it as he wants. Yeah, yeah. the compromises we make for our animals, right? i tell you one thing I would love to get your opinion on, though. Like, as you were talking through the home stuff, one of the things that occurred to me, like decluttering, I'm, I think I'm okay. I'm quite, I'm quite good at decluttering generally. The one area I really struggle with is when someone's given me something and I oh. feel this kind of obligation to keep it. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if I don't particularly like it, it, there's that part of me that feels like I don't want to be ungrateful. 
Yeah. Well, I had this one birthday. I was absolutely horrified. I remember being around all of my friends and for some reason my parents um, showed up. Now, with all the greatest respect to them, um, they, they have to be the worst um, present givers. Um, and I saw that they brought presents with them and I just thought, oh my goodness. Oh no. And my friends were all really excited. Oh, open them, Marie. And I was like, I really don't want to. I just know that this is going to be so I think I was sort of in my twenties then, and they were all tiny little I thought, oh no, oh no. Everyone to their own, but this was not my cup of tea. And not in a million years would I ever have chosen it. And I opened each one and they were like little terracotta mice, but a band playing different instruments. For me, not my thing. Somebody else would love them. I had a similar thing, so I just I had a cupboard. And I thought, I'll just keep them in the cupboard, you know. And yeah. if they're coming around or, or something, then, you know. Um, but I think I would keep them for so long. And then I would say, you know, it depends on the relationship with the person. If it's the mother-in-law or something, it's a bit tricky, isn't it? But put it out when they're there, but hide it away. You know, if you've just got a little space where you can just keep it out of sight, out of mind. But the good thing about when you redecorate and you restylize is that you change everything and you can always go back to the person and say, look, you know, we're now redecorating. Unfortunately, your lovely present may not fit in. Would you like it for your own space? Or are you happy if we, you know, gift it to somebody who's going to love it as much and will fit in with their space? So sometimes when you restylize and redecorate, that can be a good thing can be a very good way of using that as a reason to get rid of in the nice yeah great tactful option love that maybe using that okay. <laughs> I thought so <laughs> I've got a bit of a pile of things down the side of my wardrobe which if I'm honest is weighing energetically in my mind that those things are there and I know I need to let them go but I have that like I say, it's that. How long have um, you been there, Holly? <laughs> While? Two, two, three years. Yeah. <laughs> so you could say, you know, and I mean, is this person likely to go into the bedroom and see them or have they ever asked? No. If I'm really honest, I doubt they would even remember giving it to me. It's just a fact I do. And it's that not wanting to be the ungrateful child at Christmas that comes up for me. I think if you've got somebody who says, oh, where's your, you know, the plate that I gave you? Are you using it? Is it, you know, that's different. But I think if you've got to a stage, I think if you're holding on to it energetically, it's in your bedroom, which should be a calm, restful space. And it's not going to be because you've got a dilemma there. You've got stuff cluttering, um, taking the energy that actually is not wanted. And I think that's the key. You should have everything in your bedroom should be very calm and restful, not unrestful because it's not wanted. Time to get rid of, I would say. If it's not being asked about, just get rid of it. And, you know, sell it. Great. Make some money and think, yeah, that's great. Buy something that you really love with it and think, yeah, that's, I should have done this years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Or gift it to a charity shop or somebody that you think would like it and maybe yeah. can't afford it at the moment. Yeah. 
I, yeah, that's it. It's wasted in our space because actually someone could absolutely love it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. So thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> One kind of final question, I suppose, for you is how have you found, you know, it's the question I ask everyone, how have you found that journey into putting yourself out there and saying, I'm Maria, this is what I do, these are the services I offer, this is my business. How have you found the experience of doing that and what challenges and obstacles have you overcome in order to make that happen, whether those are external or internal? What's that journey been like? Yeah, I think when you come from what I call corporate city, um, you know, where you're used to an income, um, you're used to, but you put an awful lot of energy into what you do to, to reap that reward. Um, and it is very, it's a very different, um, experience. And I can remember thinking, okay, I've got my website. I'm, you know, I'm on social media. That's it. That's it. I know I'm all right at what I do. I know I'm okay. I'm pretty good at what I do. So yeah, surely they're gonna, they're gonna feel that. And, you know, and I think it was also about being visible as well. So, very lucky that uh, one of the groups that I'm in, there's a lady that's in it. She does, um, she does it online. Um, Nolene and, um, she does, um, make from invisible to visible and, you know, mm. and she sort of, and she does sort of free courses on that as well. So, so you can sort of do your videos, um, and not worry about anything or, perceptions of yourself or how people are going to see yourself just about being your authentic self so that helped um I've always been so used to as I said being in at the deep end it wasn't so abnormal if that makes yeah. sense um it might be for some people if you know they've been quite what I call mainstream and doing the nine to five and you know and then have just had a change but for me, I've always been, as you said, I'm doing house healing, I'm doing colour healing, I'm doing intuitive guided meditations, so I'm not doing scripted meditations. So they're not, even in the spiritual holistic side, they're not really what I call, even that's a bit different in the, you know, there's not so many of us, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. But then people don't know about you. As you said, house healing. Is that not, there's, there are house healers out there, but people don't talk about it. You hear about Reiki, you know, you, you hear about, um, yoga, you'll hear about meditation or you'll hear about different classes and different things, but you don't hear about the many other forms that are out there as well. And they're not sort of spoken about so much. And I'm hoping that they will. So people know. I mean, it'd be good if we had um, a spiritual directory, wouldn't it, where people mm. could actually go to and, you know, people could see all, all the uniqueness that the holistic therapists have out there, that it's not just, you know, there's other aspects to it as well. And, um, you know, and I think I'm used to being a bit different and I'm like, okay. But I think that is tricky when you're a little bit different and you're not doing the mainstream because, you know, 
And and so sometimes, like anyone, you know, you sort of have your human moments where you think, oh, come on, I'm here. Wait, where are you? Obviously, with social media, how it's gone, especially in the last year, 10% of, you know, your work may now be seen on a business page compared to what it was. So that's a shame for the people coming in, you know, at the time that I came in, you know, that they haven't had the um, reach and aren't able to have had all the client reach, maybe that people that have been on it for longer have had and have been able to build on. So I think um, that makes, you know, being on the platform. And I just thought I'm just going to go along to these mind, body and spirit fairs. I'm here in North Devon. I'm rural. I'd set my business up because I knew a lot of it was going to be online because of my location. Starting up the business, I thought, right, how am I going to keep my costs down? Let's do it online. Let's do a lot of my work online, which I do. Um, but then let's do the face to face as well. Let's get out in the, you know, to the mind, body and spirits and let, you know, let's see who's attracted to you and who wants to have a treatment with you. And I love seeing people that have never, ever had treatments before. I really enjoy that because um, experience is the evidence. It's not until you try something can you then say, oh, you know. But usually when people have had some sort of healing, it's like, you know, oh, they don't know what to say, you know, because the experience is so um, tangible. So, you know, it's had such an effect and they can feel it. They know it. They can feel it in the body. And it's like they don't know what to say, Um, you know, but there's nothing really that needs to be said apart from. Hopefully it's helped. And that's what makes it all worth it, right? Like when you <laughs> like when you're getting frustrated with the social media or you know, all of that kind of side of things. Um But what I have found, Holly, I have to say, you know, and it really struck me this weekend. I was at a, a mind, body and spirit in Glastonbury. I was in the town hall in Glastonbury on Sunday. And um is the amazing friendships and support Mm. that you get. So I would say to anybody that's sort of quite new, go along. You know, there's a feeling of you're not on your own. Um, You get to know people, you know, you build up, you know, um, your family, if you like, your spiritual family, your network and, you know, and, it's you know and people then get to know you and they see you and they ask you to do workshops or they ask you to come along and do this or that um and you you build up you know a lovely a lovely um support and and then that's a good way to get yourself known and obviously you have your business cards and people you know i found that um, people that not necessarily have had treatments from me um, or they've taken a card just by having a chat with people and listening to people they remember you and they might come back months sometimes years later and usually I try and remember most people <coughs> and they say oh you know I remember that you said this or that and I'd like to you know and so sometimes, you know, you, you can have days which are quieter than others at the mind, body and spirit fairs. But 
But actually, the connections that you make, usually I find from that business-wise, as we were talking about earlier, um, you attract um, much more business. But it's about sometimes making that connection and being present. So I travel to other parts, Devon, um, Cornwall, um, Dorset, um, Somerset, um, Gloucestershire sometimes as well. So, you know, I do do different ones and, you know, and it's also finding the right ones for you as well. But, and you get to see familiar faces and then people give you a hug. How are you? They message you on, you know, Facebook and check that you're okay. And, you know, just lovely. Uh, it's a lovely um, supportive network. So I think that that I would say to people is a good way that I found for me. Um, and also when you run your own business from home, when the family are not here or you're on your own, even if it's just me and Harry the dog, um, you, you still, it, it can be quite a lonely place. And, you know, if you're building up a business and, you know, social media, you're not getting the response, don't get disheartened. Just get in your car or share a car or find somebody who's going if you don't have a car, do a lift share and get along and, you know, make that connection because people don't just connect with your services. They connect with you and your energy. I love that. And, you know, I was thinking as you were talking, I haven't been to Mind, Body and Spirit event for ages, mainly because they don't seem to run on the island. So if, you know, if you're in the know with the people that organise the Mind, Body and Spirit events, um, well, tell them to come over to the island bike. <laughs> no, um, I do know a friend who did one last year. Um, I can't remember the name of the place um, on the Isle of Wight. But Lily, um, yeah, they did some events over there. I think I think I know the one you mean. But I, I suppose in my head, I was thinking of the big mind, body, and spirit festivals. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Well, Harley, maybe this is your chance. Maybe oh, don't. Do you know what my to do list is already far too big, and the problem is, I get an idea and I run with it. So. I need to yeah. well I mean just put it out there and see if anybody would um you know rub one um yeah. because clearly there's a need over there if it's not if it's not happening yeah not to the same scale that I remember when I lived we call it the mainland on the mainland um I used to live in Lincolnshire and actually you know I've, I've still got my my original divination cards from like the first mind body and spirit event that i went to many moons ago but um there you are so you've got around you as we were talking mm. earlier you've got that memory that nice um to remind mm. you of how far you've come completely and the books that i picked up then books is a big thing for me i love to be surrounded by books and knowledge and but you know beautiful wisdom that those days when you have two minutes with a cup of tea and you can just oh just reach for that book for me that's that's home i know yeah maria thank you so much for coming on today i have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you and learning a little bit about you know what it is you do and well this idea of 
spiritual interior design. I'm loving that. I have to say, intrigued. Oh, bless you. In touch. Holly, can I just quickly mention some of the things that I'm up to? So people... Go for it. Please do. Um, I'm running. Um, it's The first one is on Sunday, the 23rd of July. It's online and it's called The Essence of Trees. It's a monthly one and it's an intuitive guided meditation where we're actually using nature and we're doing it via the Celtic calendar. So it will be like an oak, a beech, hawthorn. The different trees will sort of run through the year and we'll be connecting with them. Um, So that's one that I'm doing. And that's 23rd of July, 11 to 12. I could pass you the links if that's all right, Holly. Please do. And we'll put them in the show notes for people. And there's a, I'll just give you a couple of others, but I think we have got a few other bits in the pipeline. And the 26th of July is another online event. And this is about meeting your spirit guide, um, seven till eight. So if you've ever wondered who your spirit guide is and who supports you and walks with you, we will do a journey. Bless you. We'll do a journey um, where you'll actually get to meet your spirit guide, get to know them and what they're there to help you with. And the last one is... um on the 16th and 17th of September, we're doing a women's mini autumn autumnal retreat. Now, although I'm in North Devon, that one's going to be held in East Sussex. And it's running for the two days from 10 o'clock till four. And hopefully, the other thing we've got, there's a few, quite a few things in the pipeline. But the other thing we've got in the pipeline is possibly in October, maybe October, November time, um we're going to be doing something in North Devon uh, a friend of mine um Celia who's an artist and myself we're going to sort of be doing a creative well-being day um Lovely. so um but that will be really quite about the goddess within you and just a bit like we were talking about allowing yourself to really come out and not to be held back and just allowing yourself just to be Mm. as you were saying all of that I was just thinking I mean how lucky are we to you know teach on these topics that I would happily go to events myself in you know in all these areas and I just think it's one of the beautiful things about being in this world right that we get to do this and get paid for it I have to say I don't know about you but there's days where I have to pinch myself and go yeah how lucky am I but they do say um you know you you know about finding the right job and you'll never feel that you've worked a day in your life and uh, Mm -hmm. I do feel very blessed and very grateful to upstairs for you know the support they give me yeah I love that saying as well upstairs I think that's a lovely way of thinking about it you know, I'm quite a grounded person because I just think, you know, I'm not, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, the people upstairs and, you know, on the on some of the angelic realms that do work with me, I'm like, I always thought they were too busy for me. <laughs> I thought they're too busy for me to, you know, um, but I've been told, no, that's not the case. So, but I used to meet people, I mean, on the spiritual circuit and years ago, and they would talk about, oh, I only work with so-and-so and so. And I'd be like, I'm quite happy with anybody, to be honest. <laughs> to work with me and 
puts their time and energy. I'm just grateful for that, really. So, um, yeah, so I often refer to them as upstairs because it keeps it more grounded as well. Cause I don't, I'm not really an airy fairy person. I think, and I think that's probably what attracts people to me that although I teach in the way that I do, I keep it real. We're in the real world and, um, you know, and sometimes there's a time and a place for certain words to be used. And there's a time and a place where people just need for it to be real something that they can relate to, which is something quite unrelatable, but it makes it easier for them to understand and accept. I love that. You take the 5D into the 3D. And and the other way around sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Player of realms. Thank you again. Honestly, we will put your um, links to your events and to your pages so people can get in touch in the show notes. But thank you so much. Thoroughly enjoyed this today. Likewise. And thanks for, you know, thanks for having me on, Holly, and just for the patience as well for waiting for me to come on. Bless you. Oh, no, you're very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for everyone listening at home. I hope you have enjoyed this. And get in touch with Maria if you're interested in learning more about her services. Thank you. Bless you. Thanks. All right. Take care and we will see you soon. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I so hope you got value and inspiration to take forward into your business. If there's anything you want to share with me, I would love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out. And if you want to support me, if you could leave a review, subscribe, share with your friends, that would be fabulous. In the meantime, you can find out more about me and what I do at my website. Link is in the show notes. Otherwise, I will see you soon. Take care.